0: finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
1: At the end of the day, I think people should think about travel as kind of investment in yourself. You know, every time you go somewhere new, you're really learning and growing as a person and just kind of seeing new cultures, uh, meeting new people. Um, So I think at the end of the day, uh, travel kind of as an investment is the way, you know, I try to look at it Um, and I hope other people do as well.
0: your money with Shauna Compton-Games. It will expand your brain. While you're busy Googling best ways to pay off your debt and best mutual funds to invest in and of course best ways to build a budget, you should also pay attention to the best ways to travel. Traveling is, I think, a fixed cost on so many of our budgets. Most people would probably think it's a luxury expense, but if you're anything like me, it's something that you have to do or you feel trapped or stressed out or frustrated. So travel is this release. But if you're going to travel, you might as well know some of the insider tricks to save money like how you could save a ton of cash just by traveling to and from a different airport. I've saved, I don't even know how much. I'm just gonna say thousands and thousands of dollars over the last few years with different smart money moves that I've made. But I wanted to pick Jesse from Dollar Flight Club's brain since he spends all day working on deals to figure out, okay, what else should we know about traveling to help us save some cash? We're talking about one of my very favorite subjects today, which is travel. <laughs> and I am, of course, being a money person, a huge fan of finding cheap flights, whether it's through credit card points or my crazy system that I use to to search for flights. But you're the expert. So I'd love to know, like, what are some of the secret ways we can go about finding cheap flights?
1: Yeah, of course, of course. So obviously, everyone loves to travel. Um... You know, who doesn't want to go to Paris or Thailand or Bali or wherever yes. it might be, right? I mean, we all wish we had the hundreds of thousands of airline points we can use to just book flights for free. But obviously, that's not always the case. Um, so really for us, I mean, what we say is, number one, be flexible with your airports, where you fly from. So when someone signs up for Dollar Flight Club, we say, hey, we recommend you select all airports within an hour, an hour and a half drive from your uh-huh. like where you live. Uh, because for example, I used to live in San Diego, um, and I was going over to Europe and flight from San Diego to Europe or, you know, roughly a thousand round trip. But what I did is I looked at LA, which is really only a few hour drive or take the train up. And, you know, that ended up being, you know, roughly $400 round trip for that flight. Wow! Um, so that's like what we, that's kind of number one of what we recommend. And you can do that in a lot of cities, right? Like San Francisco, has three main airports. Uh, if you live in, say, New York, it's really quick to get down to Philadelphia. Uh, stuff like that, you know, really can save you a lot of money on flights. Um, and then, really, the the next big thing is, you know, say you're going to Europe, for example, from the U.S. Um, we say just book the cheapest flight across the ocean. So, if you're trying to go to Paris, but for example, maybe the flight is you know five hundred dollars less to London. Book yeah. that London flight is what we tell our, our, our members. And then take a train, book a budget airline um, like Ryanair from um, from London to Paris, which will be $30, $40 maybe. Uh, so that's kind of the two things we we say is kind of the main, main tips.
0: Yeah, I like that because, you know, I mean... I've been sort of a travel guru mm-hmm. even long before I was like in the quote-unquote money business yeah. and you know I think that it's it's so easy to just get in the habit of of thinking, well, I could just fly out of this airport and I fly directly to this city. But like when you start to expand your thinking, and and Mm -hmm. for me, it's like, it's just a few extra minutes or it's like using a service like yours Mm -hmm. where, you know, you you can look at like, what are these different airports? And I've had that so many times when I've flown to Europe and I've gone someplace and, you know, I've gone, taken the London flight or the Paris flight or whatever, and then transferred. And so you just save so much money. It just like blows my mind that more people don't do yeah, that. Yeah,
1: for sure. And then you also, I mean, a- another cool thing about that is you get to, you know, you might get to see other places too, or you might get to experience places you haven't been um, kind of in that uh, while you're making uh, that transition. So.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm just curious. Like, have you have you always had a, a love for travel, or like what uh, sort of uh, spurred in you of like, okay, I'm gonna start. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start this, and like, this is my passion, and Dollar Flight Club is like gonna be my business.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've always loved to travel. Um, you know, I was born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa, and then I moved to the U.S. When I was 12. So I'd been lucky, you know, in that time, I'd been lucky enough to travel to Europe, all over Africa, and then also to the U.S. a bunch of times. So, I mean, I'd say that's when kind of the traveling started, and I was lucky enough, uh, to have my parents be able to take me to all those places. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where it really, it really kind of started. And then, you know, moving, uh, you know, when I got a little older, uh, really always loved travel, and then, um, always really just helping my friends and family, uh, book flights and just kind of tell them where it might be the cheapest or just kind of help them, you know, you know, really, you know, the landscape is really, it's really hard cause there's so many things or so many websites online where, you know, they are telling you, here's the cheapest flight, here's the cheapest hotel. So it's really information overload. So what I thought is, Hey, um, all these other companies like Kayak, um, Expedia, um, you know they are really you know, all all the fares here are really expensive and really right. their business model at the end of the day was what we what we changed is their business model is a commission business model where they make money based off of commission we don't make any money on commission so we make money uh with our members paying us an annual an annual fee so you can trust us that we're going to only send you the cheapest flights we are not incentivized to make you book you know more expensive fares so that's kind of where it all came came together. As hey, flipping a change in the business model, um, and really my love for travel, and really just helping my friends and family do this um, already um, is kind of where it came from. So,
0: yeah, I like that. Uh, it's interesting when you start like uh, looking, I think, behind the scenes at different business models, especially travel, because it feels like not a monopoly, but yeah, <laughs> it, it feels like okay, you know, Expedia or Kayak or whatever service you're using, like I see their commercials all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. they have these huge ad budgets. So it must be the best place to book flights. And I think, you know, it's, it's having that moment of pause or even just like education about how these companies make money and, and, you know, are you actually getting the best flight? But I, I'd love to chat a little bit about like, you know, other myths around booking Plane flights, because yeah. there used to be the like book at night or book midweek. Like, uh-huh. does any of this actually matter anymore? Or Is it yeah. is it all just kind of like a jump ball? Yes,
1: yeah, so, I mean nowadays, you know, the myths kind of you know maybe like clearing your cache, like that's not really a thing anymore, right? You know, that doesn't really make a difference, is what we found, you know, just in the past few years. And then really another myth is what people people are sometimes like, oh, like booking last minute flights. You know, it could be cheaper, right? Because there's like less, you know, they have to sell the flights or, you know, there's seats right. available, but that just really never works out. You know, <laughs> it's just like, do not do that. Um So, but what we do know is that Tuesday is the cheapest day to travel. Um, really? That's, you know, based on the, the data we have, Uh that's really the cheapest day to book your flight or cheapest day to travel, not book your flight. Um And, you know, also really in general, it's two to three months out is, for domestic flights is is best and then three to eight months out for international flights um, is what we found just based on the data we have um, and just kind of what our flight experts have, have uncovered. Um, So yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Like one of my
1: rules that I have in place is whenever I
0: finally book my ticket, I don't ever go back and like do the search again <laughs> because I'm convinced that I will get like pissed off some of the times because there might be a lower flight. But yet I know so many of my friends do that and then they get so upset. I'm like, well, what are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. You know, you've, you've already booked your flight. And I think that's one of the things that makes it's so important to have services like yours or to be educated about flight booking? Because isn't it like every second the price of a flight changes in some way?
1: Yeah, I mean, it could. It could change. So I mean, one of the things we also tell people is if you see a a fair or like a mistake fare that we send, and it's a place you really want to go, you should book it like right away. Because you know, if you book directly with airlines, you can cancel, you know, within 24 hours if you book directly with airlines because you can always cancel and those fares can go up within a few minutes, right? right. So uh, for example, I'm not sure if you're aware, but a few months ago, um, an airline was offering, you know, there's $16,000 business class flights to Asia, but they offered them for, I think, under $100 round trip. <laughs> um, so like things like that, you should just book those. Like, you know, like they're definitely not going to get any cheaper, <laughs> or and then you should, um, you can cancel within 24 hours. So, always book him is kind of what we say. And then, really, um, we're not going to send out deals that are not much cheaper with huge savings. So, that's kind of what we say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so tell, um, tell me a little bit more about mistake fares because I think there's a lot of people that don't understand those.
1: Yeah. Of course. So, Mistake fares are really, you know, what they, you know, what the word is. Mistake (laughs) fares when airlines make mistakes and they publish, you know, incorrect, uh, prices. So it happens for a few reasons, right? I mean, mainly it's just the back end of these flight, um, or all the flight pricing is very complex back end booking system. So errors are just going to occur now and again. It's just inevitable. Um, right. So there's a few things that can happen. So one is, just simple human error, you know, it might be sure. that, you know, someone just emitted or added a number in an error when entering a flight price, right. That could happen. And then also some, um, sometimes there are, you know, they emit fuel surcharges and fees on accident, uh, which can be super expensive. So, I mean, sometimes I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but um, the flight of the price um, is not actually expensive. What the expensive part is the fuel surcharge um, wow. which can be really expensive. Sometimes I leave that out on, by mistake. Um, and then another reason like a mistake for might pop up is currency conversion error. So when moving from currency to currency, again, it's just a complex backend system. Uh, things can get tricky. Um, so that can kind of, you know, be an issue when you have a miscalculation between different currencies. Um, and then, you know, you have a mistake fair where there's a hundred dollar flight that should have been, you know, 2000. So, um, yeah.
0: Interesting. Right. And so like when those pop up, those sometimes are like a limited time span, right? Before those deals just sort of like evaporate or somebody realizes like, oh crap, Mm -hmm. there was a mistake in our system. So exactly. get one of those, like you say, like it's best to just Book it, and then if you need to cancel it or yeah. you have like buyer's remorse, you can do that within 24 hours.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because those, I mean, once, uh, for example, the the one I was talking about, the business class, the sixteen thousand dollar ticket, that was actually got, that they sold for a hundred dollars last, I think it was a few months <laughs> ago. What they did is, you know, the second people find that, it's going to be all over the internet. You know, it's going to be picked up by all publications, and then the airline's going to, you know, they're going to take it down instantly. So. You gotta wow. book it. You
0: gotta book it. Yeah, that's great. I love like even if I've done that before in a mistake fair, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to go to this place.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's so cheap. It's like I can't even justify not booking the ticket, which yeah. of course is the crazy reason to spend money. But yeah. you know, when I mean something like that, like a business class ticket. Um, I mean that's like a pretty pretty yeah. nice flight for a exactly. small amount of money.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, and I love. the the dollar flight club, you guys are uh, launching a domestic deals product, which I think is really interesting because a lot Mm -hmm. of the services talk about, you know, going to different countries and other deals. And I don't see a lot of them focused on, you know, within the United States and the different deals that pop up. So how did you decide to to develop this kind of niche?
1: Yeah, of course. So the domestic deals actually launched uh, last or last week um oh, cool. and it's going really well um so really i mean you hit on the head there i mean number one is you know there are other players in the market that don't focus on domestic deals and what we've realized is a, there's a massive market there i mean first off only 36 percent of americans hold a valid passport so that wow. tells you there um you know most people can't even get travel internationally so what's the point of all these deals right <laughs> um and then also you know u.s domestic travel. Yeah, uh, I think it increased to roughly 2.3 billion one-way domestic trips in 2018, just in the US, which is huge. So yeah. what we decided to do is, you know, say, hey, there's lots of people who can only travel in the US, who only want to travel in the US, have dates that, you know, they can't be traveling on random days, right? They actually need to go for the weekend. So what we did is we said, okay, let's do this. We're only going to send you deals for this domestic uh, product that, leave on a friday um, and come back on sunday monday so huh. they're only for the weekend uh to u.s destinations um they're only non-stop flights so yeah it's just it's, it's a really good way to save a lot of money and take weekend getaways um so
0: interesting yeah yeah, yeah i like that idea so Tell me a little bit more about, you know, Dollar Flight Club versus, like, using, you know, Google Flights or Expedia, like, other mm-hmm. than the commission part that we kind of talked about already, like, what are some of the, the distinct differences between those?
1: Yeah, of course. So, number one is, you know, we're going to save you a lot of time because we're doing all the legwork for you. Um, you know, I'm sure you know when you're looking for to travel and you're trying to book a, tr- a flight somewhere uh you often spend a lot of time searching different sites um you know not sure if this is actually the cheapest fare kind of waiting saying oh, i'll check back next week when it's cheaper potentially or you know you never know right so we're saving you all that time um cuz we we search all of these websites and then pull all of that data and then send out the cheapest fare uh so we're doing all that like work for you um wow. and you know the other thing is you know obviously you know the main benefit is we're going to save you money on flights right but what we also have is we have, um, a premium membership partner perks program where as a premium member, you get access and discounts to, you know, lots of partners, um, and, and services and, and, uh, travel gear. Uh, so for example, you get, you know, 50% off expeditions and trips like to, like safaris and right. cool stuff like that. And then also travel gear from places like, Huckberry or Topo Designs, So that's kind of another, just a value add that, you know, those other places don't have. It's really just the flights. So.
0: Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters, and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit I've worn it for like five days straight get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's q-u-i-n-c-e.com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash etm I'm going to be real with you J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Hey, so we got an Ask Shauna question today that comes from an Instagram follower who is 23 living with her parents and makes 2000 bucks a month. The question is how much should they be spending on food, entertainment, savings, etc.? They don't have any bills other than gas and a phone but live in Los Angeles, which of course I know is a very expensive city. Look, I'm going to be real with you. If you have the opportunity to move back with your parents or family member like this person does and not have to pay any rent or any utilities, that is a tremendous, tremendous smart money move. And so many of my friends have had that opportunity and (laughs) they're just like, I can't do it. I can't move back in with my parents. I can't do it. And I moved back with my parents for about five months when I was getting divorced. And it actually was oddly a good time. It was kind of nice to feel like I was a kid again. I get my laundry done for me. I didn't have to worry about utility bills. But I get it. There comes a point when you got to get out. (laughs) You've saved enough money, you've accomplished the goal you need to, and it's time to move on. So whatever that situation is, just know that living with your parents or a family member where you don't have to pay rent is a huge advantage because you can save a ton of cash and you could have some fun. So they can be a nice balance there. But what I don't want is you to have $2,000 worth of fun and basically not take advantage of the amazing advantage that you have living rent-free. So I would aim to save somewhere around 20, 25% of your take-home pay. So I would say somewhere around 400, 500 bucks a month. And some of that could go into a retirement account, whether you have a Roth IRA or an IRA or a 401k, I don't know what your situation is, or at least please put it in a high-yield savings account where you're earning something above 2% interest. So like an Ally account, Marcus has got a good one. Um, There's so many different ones, but you really want to be able to earn more interest than you are in your bank account. And besides, if the money just sits in your bank account, we all know what's going to (laughs) happen. It's going to get spent. So since your fixed costs are really, really low, I'm going to say maybe you're spending no more than $500 a month for gas and a phone bill. Let's just say you're left with then a thousand bucks, right? After savings, after you've paid your gas and your phone bill. So you got like a thousand bucks, right? Give or take. If you budgeted $25 a day for food for seven days a week, that would be roughly $700 per month that you could spend on food, which I think for a lot of people listening are probably like, oh my gosh, that is a huge amount of money to spend on food. But, if you don't have a lot of expenses and you're still saving some money and that's the lifestyle you want to have, then who are we to judge right? So then, let's say that after the seven hundred dollars for food, you're left with three or four hundred dollars a month somewhere in that range. What I'd really suggest is try to set yourself up on a daily budget. That way you can easily track your spending. And if you don't spend it all in one day, you can just roll it over to the next. Does that make sense? And it could be any dollar amount. Like if, you, if you're like $25 is too much and want 15 or 20 whatever that may be. But there has to be some threshold, some tipping point where you got to make sure that you're also saving and banking away some cash while you're in this awesome position. So I would say no more than seven to $800 a month on food, eating out, entertainment, all that good stuff. And I know that sounds like a lot to a lot of us, but it's really easy to spend that much in a big city in one month. Uh, <laughs> I wish it wasn't, <laughs> but any of you listening who live in a big city, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So in my opinion, I would take then any excess amount that you have for the month and I just, it back in the savings. I mean, the more you can save right now, the more money you can bank away, the more money you can have in your high yield savings account, or you can have invested, whatever that might look like for you, if, the better off you're going to be when you roll out of that situation of living with your parents. You're going to have a beautiful little nest egg that you're going to be so happy that you didn't spend all of it on just going out to eat. So I'm all about balance. I think balance is awesome, but hopefully that gives you a little guideline and just a little suggestion of how to rein in your spending. But right now you have a real opportunity to grow your cash. So definitely take advantage of that as well. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, so you can sign up for like the membership model and then you can receive all these extras. And I would imagine with the membership model, you get Mm
1: -hmm.
0: more flight deals sent to you or.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and I guess, you know, another reason, you know, why it's different than going to Google flights or Expedia is as opposed to, you know, you going to Expedia and just searching for places that you know, you want to go, right? We mm, yeah. are, we're, we're kind of also, you know, helping the traveler who doesn't know where they want to go. And we are there to inspire you to go somewhere, somewhere new, somewhere fun, right? So we're going to, we're more so telling you where to go than, <laughs> like than, than you going and saying, okay, I only want to go to this place, right? And that's kind of where our mission comes in is we're trying to help people travel, explore the world, right? So that's kind of another um, reason why it's different.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm just curious. Like, why do you think it is with you know millennials and younger generations that yeah have this like sense of adventure over a steady paycheck or paying off debt? Like, is it just that technology has allowed mm-hmm. these places to feel uh, close to us in the way that you know now we 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 have this desire to go explore, or uh, you know, like, what do you think it is?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a combination of things. I mean, I think you know, it seems like before it was like. What people did is, you know, you worked the nine to five, and then you retired, and then you went and traveled and explored. But I think now,adays, people are realizing they can travel, adventure more, and really live a more kind of active lifestyle that they're more in control of, you know, by essentially working remotely, or um, and it's just more fulfilling, right? And I think that's yeah. just kind of a newer, newer thing that people are taking advantage of. And obviously, I think it's really of the day what it comes down to is technology because you know it wouldn't be possible to do this or for people to just you know traveling full-time and um over that steady paycheck and really just going to different places and just working there it uh, wouldn't be as easy uh you know back you know a while ago compared to today so i think that's kind of you know where it came from um and then i mean i think also people you know I think it's probably more fun and easier to travel to certain places you know when you're younger than when you're you know older and retired, so I think people are you know um, <laughs> you know maybe realizing that as well so
0: yeah, where do you think that technology is gonna take us in terms of travel in the future like how do you like how does your own company kind of evolve in the future?
1: yeah, I mean, so we're just really trying to help people save money on flights. I mean, that's kind of our number one thing. Uh, But at the end of the day, we're trying to build a, you know, a complete travel experience where we're helping you with the flights and then we're just making travel easier and more comfortable. So thinking about layering in, you know, lounge access or TSA pre-check, like those types of things, is kind of what we're we're looking to do. So, um, yeah. Interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, I mean, I even just think like the past, five years if we look at travel and like how technology has changed travel. And I, I think in like a really good way and making things Mm -hmm. like super accessible. So, I mean, I can't even imagine where it's going to take us in the next five years, but I mean, I I would definitely like to see, you know, it it being um, more affordable for people to travel and for there being a lot more options for people for sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean, I hope, you know, I don't know if this is five years, but obviously moving towards, you know, um, airplanes that have less emissions, right, um, uh, is kind of what would be nice to see. I don't know if that's five years away, though. Um, and then also, I think at the end of the day, I think what it seems like most travel companies, or maybe not travel companies, more airlines and, and just airports in general, um, like, you know, companies like Clear, for example, at the airport, um, who are making travel just more comfortable. Because right now it's kind of a hassle, right? It's like uh, yes. you have to get to the airport. You know, you might live 30, 40 minutes away. Then you got to get there two hours before. You know, depending on where you're going, and then you got to get through security, and then you got to wait. Um, so it's just like you know, it's definitely not super comfortable unless you're, you know, a billionaire and you have your own plane. So um, <laughs> I think it needs. It's it just I think it, airlines and and you know, bigger companies are working to get it and make it a little more comfortable for people and just just faster cuz so i think right now it just you know it's kind of yes. takes takes long so yeah
0: yeah sometimes i'm like wait a minute i'm paying thousands of dollars or whatever the dollar amount is mm-hmm. for my husband and i to sit in traffic stand yeah. in long lines have to take you know, basically like undress to go through security uh you know pay an exorbitant amount of money for food in the airport you know yeah, yeah. sitting like a seat in the plane that you can like barely move i'm like wait a minute i'm paying for this
1: <laughs> yeah exactly i mean and i think places like uh europe it might be a little Are are a little further ahead, just because of you know they have the that train system that's almost even more convenient. At the end of the day, if you think about it, because it's just those trains are so fast in the U.S. You know, getting from one side to the other on Amtrak can take like you know three weeks probably compared to so just so I think it's just you know making more comfortable at the end of the day is I think important so.
0: Yeah, I, I'd love to know, are there maybe a couple of, of pearls of wisdom or, or thoughts that you can share with us about travel and how to think about maybe our money in terms of travel or or how to maximize yeah. you know, our money for travel in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think um, at the end of the day, I think people should think about travel as kind of investment in yourself. You know, every time you go somewhere new, you're really learning and growing as a person and just kind of seeing new cultures uh, meeting new people. Um So I think at the end of the day, uh, travel kind of as an investment is the way, you know, I try to look at it. I'm going to hope other people do as well.
0: That's a pretty good one. <laughs> I mean, I've always seen it as a worthy investment. and I'm sure yeah. people would argue both sides of that, but it does really just open your eyes to different cultures, to different ways of life. But I think also you learn a lot about yourself and what you're capable of. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it tests your your skills in, in a way, but it's just, I, I think it's so important to have that balance and to be able to, to get away and not think about work or whatever it may be and, and have have, Mm -hmm. you know, an experience that, yeah, I I don't really think you can put a total price tag on it. So I'm totally with you on that one.
1: Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, another thing is also, um, some people, you know, it's really easy to go, you know, shopping and, you know, spend, you know, a few hundred bucks, right. On, on, on on just clothing. Right. And, you know, you do that twice, that's like a flight to Europe. Right. So it's just thinking about it in terms of that, um, can kind of put into perspective. And, you know, to me, I think, you know, um, traveling somewhere is, is, more, is worth it more to me than, you know, buying, you know, $500 worth of clothes or something in a month or in a few months, you know, so rather saving for, for the, to, for the travel than for that. But that's just kind of how I look at it.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good perspective. Well, Jesse, yeah. this has been great. Like tell everybody where they can go, uh, to find the dollar flight club and to connect with you.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, you can check us out at dollarflyclub.com. We have a 14 day free trial so you can, you know, get access to all our international flight deals and then all our U.S. domestic weekend getaway flight deals as well and access to all some of those premium partner perks, uh, discounts from your, you know, some of our favorite brands. So.
0: Thanks so much for checking out this episode and a big thanks to our sponsors that make this show possible. Remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. But before you leave, I want to empower you to embrace where you are today, the good and the not so good. And remember, nothing lasts forever. Just keep taking small steps every day and remember how awesome you truly are.